You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you've tuned in to hear from is the one and only Miller Petroza from the German legends, Creator. The reason for the chat was to promote the 2017 Tour of Australia with Polish legends, Vader. So let's have a listen to what Miller has to say. Here we go. had a chat in February about your excellent new album for 2017, which of course is the uh, wonderful Gods of Violence, and you alluded to an Australian tour with another excellent band back then. Lo and behold, here, here I am talking to you uh, about a tour in September with Vader, who are a brilliant band, by the way, and I caught up with Peter not too long ago about the tour. So can you tell us a bit about the live show, and in your own words, what can fans expect? Oh, they can expect a lot of uh, energy. They can expect a lot of, like, brutality and uh, a lot of sweat and a lot of mosh pits. Um, so if you're um, uh, into a night of um, total violence and, and destruction and chaos, come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like a good day, good night out for me then, mate, and I'll definitely be in the crowd. So, uh, mate, how long uh, between drinks has it been for you coming down to Australia? Um, I think we, the last time we were there was in either 2013 or 2012 or something with Death Angel. I, I need to look it up, but it, I some sometimes around like three, four years ago. Okay, and it would be remiss of me not to ask, how do Australian fans and how does the Australian audience compare to the rest of the world, particularly over there in Europe? Um, to us, uh, it's the most exotic country because it's on the other end of the world from where we're at. And um, being in uh, comparing um, uh, different audiences from all over the world is not my it's not my thing really. I mean, there's people that love metal are very much the same. the The difference between the 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 the, the, the Australian um, audience is probably the mentality. People are very laid back, very dedicated, and they love them. You know, <laughs> that's that's all I can say. And uh, it's it's always uh, it's always great to come to um, Australia because um, it's very nicely organized and uh, things just work. And um, but there's still this, this this the the right amount of um, amount of chaos and 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 violence at the show where I you know in in a nice way people are very respectful and yes they 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 like the fact that bands come and play and um, we don't go to Australia that often and. Every time we go, it's 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 always it's always we always um, we we experience a warm welcome. All right. So for the Australian uh, people that are listening there, let's make sure we put out the uh, red carpet and make Creator and Vader feel welcome because I'll certainly be there and I might even come out of mosh retirement for this one, mate. I haven't moshed in many years. <laughs> so I do want to do that. So I tell you what I want to do from here, Millie, if it's okay. Um, I want to conduct a bit of a different interview. Okay in that I'd love to ask for your thoughts on creator albums that are both underappreciated and unknown. So first of all, I want to provide a bit of context, okay? So I recently reviewed the new Venom Inc. album, and I went back and re-listened to the albums from 1989's Primeval to The Wastelands, in, it was released in 92. All of these albums had uh, Tony Dolan, a.k.a. The Demolition Man, up front, and there is some serious gold there. Creator is the same. Now, your albums from 1992's Renewal to 1999's Enderama are definitely overlooked. They are unique, and in my view, they're high quality. 
but they do contain a variation of what would be considered the traditional creator sound and it's probably fair to say polarise some fans and critics. So I do have a lot of international listeners, so only a small fraction, to be honest, of my listeners do come from Australia. Ah. Okay. Most of my listeners come from overseas, so I try to make my interviews as broad as I possibly can. So does it, is, is it okay with you that if I ask you a few questions about the albums that were released during this period? No, no, no go ahead, man. All right, awesome. Here we go. So starting with Renewal, what factoids can you share with listeners about the album and how do you feel about that album today? I feel uh, when I listen to Renewal, it takes me back to a time where um, we were totally trying to explore new um, fields in music. We were trying to break boundaries. We felt uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta understand that at the time we wrote Renewal, um, we just came out of a five years touring circle where we released five albums in five years. And if you look at the time when Renewal came out, it was the first time we ever gotten two years in between albums. Yes. So yes. We, were, yes. we, were, we were experimenting, you know, we, were, we felt like, okay, we're in a, we were still like very young band. We were still like 23, 20, 24. Mm. Um, and uh, we were like, okay, let's do something else, man. Was just, we, we've been doing this for so long and let's add some of our... Um, hardcore, uh, goth, wave, industrial influences and, and come up with something fresh and exciting. And that's that's how I see Renewal. And I, when I listen to it, I can still hear that. Excellent. Okay, so there's some context there for the listener. I, I ended up getting into you guys through this album here, which is 1995's uh, release, Cause for Conflict. And it is the album that features the Samurai-themed video for the track Isolation. Now, that was a unique record and that many fans felt that it was the sharpest departure from the band's signature sound, at least at that date through the 80s. So what are your thoughts when you look back on that one? Um, the the Causal Conflict, um, it's a, that's, my, that, that's an album that I have a little bit of a problem with because we had this lineup at the time. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, half of my band left. Um, I, I mean, the core members left. Uh, yes. Rob Fioretti was my bass player for... for has been my bass player forever, and Ventor has left has left the band at this period, and uh, I had like new people in the band, and uh, these people were trying to like not take over, but it was very chaotic. The whole um, how do I put this? I mean, I like some of the, the songs on the record, but the vibe on this album is is very aggressive, very strong, and very yeah. very brutal, but um, it also uh, brings back like bizarre memories, and um, I, I think it's a good album. It has some good songs. Production could be better. Um, all in all, it's another. It's a part of Creators' history. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Yep. Okay. The next album, Outcast, was released in 1997 during a very challenging time for heavy metal. Indeed, the late 90s was not kind to a lot of bands. Now, the video to Leave This World Behind reminds me uh, of the video accompanying Morbid Angel's 1993 classic, God of Emptiness, and you did something very smart in the album cover in that the band's fav famously scripted logo was clearly visible, yet you had the band name printed in legible font as well. So I'll ask you this question. Were you under management or label pressure to change the band's logo at this point in your, your career? And indeed, what's your thoughts on that particular episode of the band's career? 
and they never tried to um i think they you know we were signed to a major label at the time and i i remember we had like all kinds of discussion what we should do and what we shouldn't do and i felt very uncomfortable but why i wouldn't want to fuck them i wouldn't want to fuck with the label the, the logo of the band i never wanted to do that and i never i never did you know so um of course we were like we wanted to do something artistically uh, challenging challenging on for for Outcast because it was a dogma one of the it was the first of our dogma albums we we were um, very influenced by Last One Tree on that album so visually and and musically this is a more like a we wanted to have like go go strip it all down you know like go yeah. back to basics have a have an album where there's not much solos and not so much speed and I have a mid tempo album and to, uh, in order to 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 make that kind of thing um it's, uh, that that kind of like experiment exciting we we had this this guy um that did the cover art and it was very uh, very hard to come up with but um because he, it was all like yep. done analog you know there was no uh -huh. computer animation so um he i think he came up with this 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 carving uh, on, on a wooden carving or something and yeah, but when when I look back on this album, it's, it's def it definitely ha also has its own vibe, and it has it features one of our best songs, "Phobia," you know, which we yes. still you're still in your still, set. Yes, yes. Okay, that's excellent. Good to know, actually, that one there, because um, it was an album that I listened to quite a bit. Um, I got into metal in the '90s, and um, you know, of course. Um, as I mentioned, it was a challenging time for a lot of bands, and and with all due respect to Dave Mustaine and Megadeth, even some bands like Megadeth lost the plot a little bit and, and ended up sort of coming back into the metal fold. But one point that I want to stress to the listener is none of these albums could be considered anything else other than metal, in my view. Would you agree with that, Milo? Um, um, no, it's it's definitely some metal albums, man. I mean, it's creator still, yeah. you know. And as, as I'm singing, I'm um, the singer-songwriter of this band. It's always going to sound like metal. There's no. There's no way. There was no way around that. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> <Absolutely>. thing. <laughs> okay, so now onto the final album in the series, and this is the excellent Enderama, highly underrated release. Now mm. it is an album that features Tilo Wolf from Lacrimosa. There's a bit of that goth influence that I think you're alluding to earlier, and um, I feel that the album was way ahead of its time. It's actually an album that I feel that could be released right now and be current and very modern. Um, we did have a chat about the likely inclusion of some tracks from this album on the upcoming Australian tour when we last had a chat. So, uh, again, what's your views on that record and that episode of the band's career? Um, Anorama, to me, sounds like a very much like a tribute to like a lot of the goth bands that we were listening to when we were really young, like Sushi and Banshees, uh, Fields of the Nephilim uh, in particular. Yeah. And... Um, we, 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 we wanted to take it to the next level, on the melodic level, because we had Tommy Fetterly playing with us. And on Outcast, he was already on the album, but he wasn't featured enough. And I, me and him, we, we had this vision of um, coming up with a, 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 an album that, that, that's almost like a mix between metal and, 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 and goth. But, you know, and, and at the time, there was a lot of goth metal bands, and we, we, we hated all, most of them. You know, and yeah. we were like, we need to make an album that's better than all that. And um, I think that 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 was the that was the that was the vibe on the record, and it was the vibe for the production. We wanted to come up with a a great um, metal album that has goth influences, rather than having uh, um, listening to like you know like a, a dark voice with 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 
typical metal riffs. We, we were going into a lot of like these spherical like pickings, guitar harmonies and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was yeah, nice. pretty cool. Yeah, no, I did too. Yeah, I listen to that album quite a lot, actually, even yep. to this day. Um, I put it on as background music and as music that I can actively listen to and really get involved to. Um, so, mate, I think you've created a a bit of a um, undiscovered gem there with that album. So for anybody listening, I do encourage you to discover the album. It is available um, via streaming services. I'm on um, iTunes or Apple iTunes, you know, the Apple streaming service. And um, final question about the album series before I move on, mate, is both renewal and cause for conflict aren't on, um, available via Apple Music. Is there is there a reason for that, or is it like a contractual thing where they couldn't be released for that for those purposes, or is it just one of those things? It's one of those things that I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I I could definitely catch them on YouTube because I checked before the interview, so they're on YouTube for anybody listening, but they're just not on Apple Music, which I know a lot of people out there who subscribe. Uh, do source their metal through, but um, mate, my final actually my final question about the uh, question about the album series there through the nineties, well, it's more of a statement that I'll I'll get you to uh, share your opinion on is this: if I were to have a say in the tracks from the era that could be included in the set list, here is what I'd pick. So from Endorama, I'd go with Chosen Few. From Outcast, I'd choose Leave This World. Um, leave This World Behind. Sorry. Um, from Cause for Conflict, I'd choose The Brutal Men Without God. Jesus, that's a cracker of song, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I can't decide between the title track or Europe After Dark from Renewal. So how about we include both? But what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, it's great. Those, those are the songs that I would pick as well. Cool. Um, it might be a little uh, tricky with a couple of songs because, like I said, uh, my drummer has a little bit of an issue with the songs of Cause for Conflict because he uh -huh. hasn't played on it. So right. that's why, <laughs> you know, Leave This World Behind, we did a couple of times. Um, we never played Men Without God, I think, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a cracker of a song, that one there, mate. That's I like, I like that song, too. I like that song, too. And, uh, uh, and the Rama, the song um, Chosen Few, it's, my drummer has a little bit of a problem playing that beat. But... Um, mm -hmm. So that's why he doesn't want He's not a big fan Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, if you ever – here's a good question for you. Now, you might have already done this. I just might not have researched a topic uh, before having a chat to you. But have you ever been approached or have you ever done any acoustic performances of any of any tracks from any era of Creator? Um, fortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> I would do it with Sami. Sami is a great he, – uh, he, he has great skills on the acoustic guitar. I don't. I, I'm more of a rhythm guitar player. I can play acoustic guitar, of course, but no, not really. Um, okay. Um, but I would like to, maybe one day. Mate, food for thought. Yeah, I'd love to see you do something like that because I do think you've got a very intense voice and I think it would lend itself to acoustic music because I don't think you're anything other than a heavy metal frontman. There's no doubt about that. But I just have a feeling it would go over quite well. So as I say, mate, food for thought. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about that anyway. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Okay, so I've only got a little bit of time left. So when we last spoke, I did ask you about your time with Chuck Schuldiner. So everybody who's listening will know who Chuck Schuldiner is, but just in case there are a few non-metal fans listening, Chuck Schuldiner was the mastermind behind Death and Control Denied, and Miller played on the Voodoo Cold albums uh, with Chuck. So what are your recollections of Chuck, and how would you describe your time with him? 
um, he's, he's, he's just, he was just a great guy to be around, man. He had this positive vibe. He has this, had this attitude. He was one of those metal guys where that are ex were very exceptional and i'm not just saying that because he's dead or something and you don't talk um yeah shit to that people that have died uh, he was just a great guy it was just uh, fun to be around every time we played florida and uh, i got to uh, run to chuck and he came to our bus we had just amazing times you know and he was he was a um he had a great sense of humor and he had he was very laid back very cool very very fun guy man Okay, sweet. Yep. Um, you mentioned as much when we last caught up, but I just wanted to, when we last caught up, I didn't record it for a podcast. I did a print article, but I've since switched to podcasting. So I thought it would be cool for people who haven't had context on your relationship with Chuck to actually hear it. So thanks for that. Okay. Um, okay. I've got my final question now and it is split into three parts. Okay. So this is all about you, Miller. So here we go. And, and by the way, your answers can be as not safe for work as you like because I do host an R-rated program. So Miller Petroza from Creator, choose three words to describe yourself. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the curveball. Um, um, just chill out, relax, and uh, positive maybe. Chill out. Um, you know, I, I think I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill, I guess. Yeah, I can relate to that. Definitely comes across. Okay, next question is: If you could go back to when you're 18 years of age, what advice do you think you'd give yourself? Keep going, don't give up. <laughs> nice. That was quick too, man. That's about the quickest I've ever had anybody answer that question. So well done. <laughs> and final question is: What five guests, living or dead, from any time in history, would you invite to dinner? I would love to talk to um, um, Carl Sagan, um, the the inventor of the Cosmos TV show. Yes. yes, uh, yes. Um, I would love to talk to um, maybe Jim Morrison because I like his lyrics. Um, um, who else? Um, so many great people, man, in the history of the <laughs> world. Um, maybe Chuck Chuldino. He would be a great, Beautiful. great, great guy for for dinner. Nice intro. And um, I have Cliff Burton. I, I really like this hippie vibe. I've never met the guy. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe uh, maybe Ozzy Osbourne or something just for the <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> That's a good list. I reckon. I reckon Carl would be the Carl Sagan to be the funniest one there as well. I hear he had. I, I hear that he had a cracking sense of humour. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Mate, great list. And uh, look, I better let you go, but I just want to congratulate you on a phenomenal career. I will definitely be in the crowd. I don't know whether we'll have the opportunity, but I'd love to shake your hand and um, buy you a beer or have a beer with you, mate, whatever comes first. Right. Uh, I hope yeah, we can uh, organise this, man. It would be cool. Yeah, fair enough, mate. And, uh, well, look, all the best until we see you down here in Australia. And once again, congratulations. All right, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Cheers. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from was Miller Petroza from the German outfit, Creator. Thank you so much for listening.